Hi guys, this is Mitra. On this episode, you're actually gonna have me as a host because I'm going to be interviewing Sarva Moradi herself. And we're gonna start out with hearing a little bit of background and hopefully she'll be able to explain to us what made her decide to start this podcast and how it all came about. Hi, Sarva. Hi, Mitra. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for having me on today's episode and for pushing me to share my story. So you weren't born here? No, I wasn't. I was actually born in Iran. Um, I was born in Mahabad, Iran, a Kurdish region. I lived there until I was about five years old. And then out of the blue, one day I come home, my mom's frantic and saying we have to leave. And we literally didn't even say goodbye to family. We just packed up everything and fled to Turkey. Why? Well, both my parents were political. They come from political backgrounds. My father was a little bit more political than my mom. My mom was just... Um, my parents are both very young, <laughs> mind you. Um, my mom was 15 when she had me. My dad was 20. And, um, yeah, they were just two kids living in, in an um, area that is... Suppressed, yeah. I mean, we're um, we're marginalized. We're a minority there. You know, we're Sunni, we're, and the majority of the population is Shia, so that's also an issue. And we have our own language, which is which is Kurdish. So there's a lot of differences there. Um, yeah, and coming from backgrounds that are freedom fighters. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows about Kurds and their freedom fighters. Um, you know, we're always in danger. You know, especially the Iranian government's always looking out for that. <laughs> so as soon as they got wind that my dad was um, active, uh, his life was in danger. So you guys decided to leave? Yes, we had to leave. <clears throat> How'd you guys leave? leave the country? Honestly, I, gosh, it's so hard to remember this. I remember just getting on a bus and waking up one day and I was in Turkey. You know, um, it was really insane. I left everything I knew, my grandparents, my friends, my cousins. I had so many. I had a life in Iran, you know, that I knew. And suddenly I'm living in this super, super tight space. Um, we're refugees. You know, you wake up and you're, there's no grandparents. There's no friends. Um, and you're constantly in fear. And you feel your parents' fear. And you, you kind of absorb that, you know. And... I remember my mom being like, hey, don't speak Kurdish here. We had to learn Turkish really quickly. We had to pretend to be we were from somewhere else and not really engage with our neighbors too much because we were scared of being found and being deported. So that was an interesting situation. How long were you guys in Turkey for? Uh, we were there for 11 months. Um, I lived, I, we split time. So I lived um, in Ankara and Turkey and Istanbul. When did you guys leave Turkey to come to the States? I was only there for about 11 months. And then afterwards, we were accepted to the States. And we lived in St. Paul, Minnesota. I lived there for about seven years before my mom got a job um, in Southern California. And we decided to move as a family to um, San Diego. And then I got accepted to UCI. So I moved to Orange County. And then I got a job in L.A., and then I moved to L.A. 
just move around. Yeah, I like moving from one place to, to another, I is guess. There, is there an upcoming move that I need to know about? Honestly, who knows? <laughs> With my life, uh, don't be surprised. How has life in Minnesota? Um, it was extremely different. You know, coming into the States, uh, gosh, by then I had already spoke like three languages because of my neighbors. And um, and now I had to learn like a fourth language, which was English. Um, and I was so terrified. I just felt like I had no one. Um, you know, it was really hard assimilating. Like learning the language was easy. Um, learning to read was difficult because I was so shy. Um, I didn't learn to read until I was like in third or fourth grade, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was just, it was scary. That was your favorite thing to do was read. Oh yes. Um, I had a really cool teacher in third grade who would read stories to me. And for me, it became an escape because in, in my head, I would picture it like a movie and I could just like escape, you know, my current reality which was I didn't fit in, I wasn't cool, I didn't understand the language very well, um, I didn't have a lot of friends, so I couldn't, when she would read stories to me, I was, I was living a different life, and immediately after that, um, I learned how to read, I had the intention to learn, and was determined, and after that, I read the entire freaking library, they had to start buying me books from Amazon, back then, Amazon only sold books, if you guys remember, <laughs> I did not remember that. <laughs> that was probably what Oh, I became like such a bookworm. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> you guys, I was like such a bookworm. I mean, during math class, uh, she had to take away my books because I would, you know, sneak them under the desk and continue reading while she's teaching math. Math was not my favorite. <laughs> and then you guys moved to San Diego. Yes. Um, I moved to San Diego. Um, I believe that was in middle school, and gosh, that was even more difficult than um, first coming to St. Paul because the culture is so different. You know, you come from like I don't know if you, anybody's been to St. Paul, Minnesota. You know, it's cold. It's uh, not very friendly. <laughs> and then you have San Diego culture, which everyone's warm. Everyone is very engaging and. The culture is just different. They want to communicate with you. And how I felt was I didn't belong. Like, I didn't say hi to people I didn't know because that was not normal in St. Paul, you know. Um, you just talk to people that you know, and you don't hug people. What the heck? There's such thing called personal space people. Um, but here, everyone was, like, hugging, uh, freaking kissing, and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> I have to do this? I can't. <laughs> like, imagine being an introvert who literally spends her free time at home reading books and then being exposed to all these kids who, you know, there's cool kids now, and then there's all this touching, and there's all this talking, and engaging and I had to learn I had to learn how to make friends which was difficult but um eventually I got the hang of it but um it was quite a journey it was a lot of shedding a lot of adapting a lot of morphing um I was constantly trying to fit in and find a safe space because of my background were you able to connect with people from your own culture because they, they have a quite a bit of Persians, Middle Easterns, at least, in San Diego, no? Very true. Um, there, there were. But, like, for instance, I'm Kurdish-Iranian. 
a lot of the Kurds in San Diego are Iraqi Kurds. So there's like, it's kind of interesting because the dialect's not the same. The experiences are not the same. And um, there's still a difference. And that's the thing. You never feel like you belong to a group because even your group is different than you. And then when you meet with Persians, it's like, well, they speak Farsi and you speak Kurdish. You got to kind of, you, they're not going to come learn your language. You're the minority. You have to learn their language. And you have to kind of fit into their culture. So that's kind of what happened. I learned Farsi. As your fifth language. uh, Yeah, exactly. As my fifth language. And I had to learn how to hang out with Persians. And that culture is also different, you know. There's a lot of Tarof, which is like, um, how do you explain Tarof? Like a lot of... It's the worst thing we have in our culture. Yeah, it's a lot of... um, Gosh, I don't know how to explain. Like, it's the mannerisms, the things that You don't take no for an answer. Yeah, not taking no for an answer. People don't say what they mean. They're, um, you know, it was was hard to kind of adjust and make friends with Persians too because it was a lot of me leaving everything behind and trying to be like them, which is kind of what happened. I kind of had to forget that I was Kurdish for a while (laughs) and pretend that I'm Persian. That's kind of like a pattern. Same with when you move to Turkey, you have to pretend like you aren't a Kurd. Exactly, yeah. And then you moved to St. Paul and you pretended... To not be an immigrant. <laughs> Try to be like someone who is born there and raised there. Try to be like them, exactly. Yeah. So when did you start learning about who you are and how did you identify with who Serva is? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, because of all these living from one place, moving from one place to the other, and constantly adapting, shifting, morphing to become acceptable, accepted in any um, friend groups or cultures, whatever, um, I don't know how to put it, I lost a lot of sense of self. I didn't even know what having an identity meant because I, I lost it didn't even have it. it. I wasn't in Iran with my family long enough to solidify myself. So it was like, it's like taking a child that's not morphed yet and constantly having it go through so many transitions that it doesn't even know how to go back to finding um, self. And that's kind of what happened to me. I, it was so much adapting, so much trying to fit in. I don't, I don't even remember when I had an opinion at that time. You know, what I, it was always like, okay, well, whatever the group wants, whatever is convenient, whatever is easy, you know. Uh, it wasn't until my, and to be honest, a lot of this happened without me even realizing it. It was so automatic that I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of surviving, you know. And then by the time I, in my mid-20s, I realized, whoa, you know, I can't keep up. What did you study? What was your major? My major was psychology. What made you do that? I was really good with people. You know, having someone, being someone who was hypersensitive to other people's emotions, expressions, I observed people. That was kind of like a survival mechanism for me to find out who I could trust, who I couldn't, are they a threat to me or not? So I was really good with people and I pursued it, but I didn't end up... um, staying on course because I felt like 
it was too heavy for me. I just wanted to be happy. And I thought that being a psychologist or a therapist meant that you'd always be bombarded with other people's emotions and not be able to, again, be yourself and serve yourself, really. Okay. Um, so why the podcast? Ah, okay. Well, um, after my, a few years ago, actually, you know, you make, what I did was I had made myself a little bubble and I was really happy in my little bubble, but I, the bubble burst, right? So everything I had built that I thought would keep me safe and the community that I had been in, I, I realized the foundation wasn't set. It's like trying to build a house out of cardboard. It comes crashing down. And that's kind of what happened. The entire thing fell apart. Everything that I had built, everything that I had tried to maintain just fell apart and fell down on me. And then I realized, again, I wasn't being true to myself. But how do you be true to yourself when you don't know who yourself is, right? So which got me to this journey of finding who I want to be. How did I want to be seen? How did I want to tell my story? Do I even want to? I mean, there were, for so long, I didn't tell people that I was a refugee, where I'm from, how I came to be here, because there was a lot of shame around it. It took everything falling apart for me to realize I can't be ashamed of who I am and my experiences. They're what make, they are what makes me unique. They are my gift, you know, and I felt like if I didn't own it, it would own me. And that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I was owned by my shame and not the other way around. What helped you change? Well, after everything fell apart, I um, saw a therapist and then I had to really unravel why I was going through, having the same patterns of trying to fit in and not fitting in and trying to really hard to maintain things that weren't meant to be maintained. And I had to kind of go back and see where it all had begun and Along that way, um, I realized, oh my God, there's so many other people out there like me who are confused about their identities, you know? Like, um, it's not easy to be who you are in the society, really, that's constantly asking you to change, to be better, to be different, to be a certain way. So when I went looking, I mean, I realized there were other people also looking. And I was really happy that once I was able to sum up the courage to, you know, say my story or tell my story, other people met me there. You know, there were so many people that came through, um, people that I had known but never connected with suddenly came back into my life to help me, to guide me. And I'm really thankful for them. But that experience taught me that there's a need for this. We all need to hear each other's stories. There's so much to gain and more to gain from sharing it than not, you know? And once we own it, we can kind of move past the shame and then kind of learn who we are and find that inner compass that helps us navigate, you know, our lives. And things become easier. You're not fighting you can find flow and you can pick better friends better relationships to be in um better lovers better teachers better you know um situations I guess 
it really changes everything when you have uh, more authenticity. People meet you there. So the reasoning behind the podcast is for people to find their authenticity, to inspire others um, with these stories, really, because we all go through it. You know, it's hard every day, no matter where you come from, where you've been, we all lose a sense of self. And some of us have never even known ourselves. So I wanted to start this podcast to help people find them to, so that somebody can relate to this. Somebody out there could feel like, hey, I'm not alone because that's, that's how I felt. That's awesome. I think what you're doing is great. I think the fact that people are, are able to man up and actually share their story yeah. and be relatable. I think we all have similarities. Yeah. And so many surface level conversations go around. It's like, let's get to know each other. <laughs> let's actually get to know each other. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think this kind of ends our episode. Yeah. If you have any questions, please ask. I will be <laughs> answering because I'm only here for this episode. <laughs> I guess that will be sort of this part. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you to Mitra again for coming on to interview me. Um, please don't forget to follow, subscribe. I need you guys. So, And also, if you know other people that with interesting stories or anybody that's willing to share, um, please send them my way. Thank you.